0: Hey, and welcome to the Tesla Owners Club Ontario Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm John. And this is episode... F- what Three. Am, are we? Oh, I thought it was four, man. I messed oh, up. Oh, yeah, Dang wish. it. Today is a... You know, I actually am excited about today's episode. John's leaving soon, so we're trying to get a couple episodes <laughs> recorded real fast. But I found this really cool thing at John's house, and so we're going to use it today.
1: What is this thing called? I have no idea. It's some sort of a uh, drum thing. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I
0: don't know if we'll use a lot, but just it's just Just game. you know. if we need it.
1: Um, for no we're apparent gonna, reason.
0: Today was like the first part of this podcast. We're going to get right out of the way just because we got a really great interview. We want to talk to you about some, uh, we got a guy on who, has some cool stuff to say, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. John will tell you.
1: So uh, coming up after uh, some of our updates, uh, we have one of the uh, original roadster owners here in Canada, a a chap named Jeff Stevenson, who's also been part of our club since its inception. And uh, as I mentioned, I think uh, in the past, I just thought it'd be kind of interesting to hear some of the original pioneers back in the day, what caused them to want to buy something like a roadster and some of the trials and tribulations and uh, things like that. So uh, I think you'll find it very interesting.
0: So stay tuned for that. I have a question. How long has he been a member? How
1: many years? Well, uh, we said March 13 was when the club was started. You know, we were unofficial 20. back then, so that's seven years. Uh, uh, coming up seven years this next month. So
0: does he get anything, like a watch? Well, or well, a... I, what do, I didn't get anything.
1: <laughs> <Just saying>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're getting ready to, to the, I'm going to call this the Toko Tatwe, I think. Tesla Owners Club
1: Ontario tip of the week. I got more than one tip. How many do one? you want?
0: I got I got a couple, but I'm going to give you guys one. You okay. go first, though.
1: Okay, so uh, the one thing, I don't know, have you, have you enabled detection in your car yet? Yes, oh so, yeah. Okay, so if you're not aware, um, I think almost all Teslas now have the ability to text. And you've just got to make sure that it's set up correctly. Uh, so I'm going to just read this right off. Uh, I found this on the internet. Uh, to enable the voice to text feature, go to your car, tap on the Bluetooth icon select a device and you should see a toggle there to sync messages. So you've got to make sure that's clicked over. So it's highlighted in blue and make sure your phone's connected obviously through Bluetooth and now you'll be able to see their messages. And I didn't realize uh, it's a little bit different because I just got my Model X. Uh, It comes up on that little screen to the left of your main screen in your model three, but it comes up on the main screen behind the steering wheel mm-hmm. on the model S and the model X. So it's pretty cool. Which seems pretty good. That's yep. tip number one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What's your other tip? Well, I got a whole bunch. Uh, what if you want to delete an address? If you, maybe you've got 500 addresses that you've gone to in your nav and you want to take, get, get rid of those. Mm-hmm. I uh, have that problem. Easy way to do that is all you need to do is tap on the address, touch it basically and swipe right. And you can get rid of addresses in your nav.
0: This is why I love the UX designers at Tesla. They're just, they're very intuitive to what people who already use phones. It's basically the same type of navigation in phones. Like especially in Android and Apple where you swipe right, swipe left on things. Next, I bet you it's going to be 3D touch like you can see on the Apple phone. Yeah,
1: it's hopefully instinctive because of that. I've got another couple quick ones. Um, share uh, an address to your Tesla. So if you use Google Maps, if you use Waze, and if you're like me and you want to see what the traffic's like and you're going somewhere before you actually leave, you have a look, and all you need to do basically is go to uh, your phone, uh, go to Waze, go to Google Maps, find it, and then go to press share, on the bottom of, of uh, that map. And if it's your Tesla uh, icon is not right there, you go to more and you find the Tesla icon and you click on that and it'll share and it'll send that address right to the nav in your car. And I've used that more than once. It's pretty convenient.
0: Very convenient. You know what I, okay. My tip is kind of, I have a couple too, mine kind of goes into that. You know that if you set your departure at 7am, like I do, it'll prep your car. So if you go to the charging app in your car, you can actually set the time that you leave. And it knows then to, depending on the weather and everything else, to set your car to be warmed up, ready to go. If you didn't know that, it's very simple. You should use that feature.
1: I think you can also set it up, and I don't use this because my time leaving in the morning varies, but you can set it up so that it'll learn the time you leave. And uh, I forgot the setting, but um, be ready to go. If you always leave at seven or 7.30 and you can set it up, it'll do that every time for you. Did you also know that uh, if you set up home and work in your nav. And if you want to go home, all you got to do is go into the nav button and swipe to the right and it'll automatically put your uh, home address in. People might say, well, don't you know how to get to your home address? Well, I do it almost all the time now because of the traffic and the navigation system. It's going to advise you if there's any problems or delays mm-hmm. and it's going to do a, uh, a detour. And if you're already at home and you swipe to the right, it'll take it to work.
0: Well, here's the thing. Mine does it automatically because it knows where I'm going, but I've been doing a test for the past two weeks. Yeah. Not every day, but I wanted to see, on average, I've been taking the Tesla nav to work and opening up the Waze app on my phone. And the Waze app will be sometimes five minutes slower than the Tesla nav. Really? Okay. And because it's taking me in a different direction. So I always loved the Waze app because it's real time nav, it's real time peer to peer traffic, which the Tesla sorta does as well. I'm not sure who it piggybacks off of, it's Google, because Waze is owned by Google. It is. Yeah. So I did a test and all the times that I chose the the Tesla nav, it was right on the button to the minute getting to work within five. And if I would have taken the the Waze direction, I would have been five, five minutes. Five longer. or five minutes longer. What,
1: what do you have it set to um? To reroute you, if you can save more than so many minutes, do you know? Five minutes. Okay. I put mine on two. That sounds a little bit extreme, but I will tell you, I've used to do the same thing and it's, I don't know when it was, a year or two ago, is when uh, the Tesla navigation sort of lined up with Waze, because in the past you couldn't rely on the Tesla nav with the, with the traffic awareness and uh, the, uh, the, you know, the the, traffic. It'd be interesting to see if
0: you're piggybacking off of it because it is actually really accurate. Yeah, exactly.
1: that's tips. (laughs) just kidding (laughs) well the other thing is um, maybe not tips but uh, a couple of updates ago we now have way more voice commands available Mm -hmm. in the car I love it all our cars and I've only used some of them but um, you know Up until then, you really couldn't do too much, play a certain song, navigate to uh, you know, things like that. And now, and I I got this off the internet, I'm gonna say that some of the other uh, clubs and groups have put some great uh, lists together, but there's some on here that I just found, I'm trying to talk into the mic and read at the same time. (laughs) Josh always makes me talk like one inch away from the mic here. But you can do things like um, adjust passenger seat heater to three bacon strips. I love it. And it's going to go to three. Yep. You can do, uh, somewhere in here I saw wipers calm down. So, I mean, there's the obvious ones like wipers decrease speed or wipers increase speed, but wipers calm down and they'll slow down. If
0: you say Tesla, it's too cold, it'll increase by what, 1.5 or something like that? You can say
1: on an S and an X, you can say, my hands are cold. And it'll turn up the heat. So, you know, I, I need to show these to my wife because she's still a holdout. <laughs> I've got a Model Y in order that I would love for her to take. And she finds the, uh, the screens too confusing. And how do I get to different menus? Almost every single thing that you want to do in the car can now be done by voice. And this is only after a couple of months. Yeah. And there's take people advantage out, of these things.
0: Learn yeah. these things. It's and there's people out
1: there that are, they're discovering more and more all the time uh, and they're adding it. And you uh, know, there's
0: Easter eggs we don't even know about exactly.
1: yet. Exactly. So what else? So today we're
0: talking about paving the way. Okay. And I know I've I've given homage to those. We've got a great guest on today, but um, let's talk about where tests all started.
1: Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm probably going to be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We've been talking about this offline, but Josh, (laughs) I have to agree. It sounds real, but it sounds real. We're we're talking here. We don't want to have everything right down perfect to a T, because then it sounds too clinical. Well, this is actually how
0: I learn. So I might say
1: something wrong. You
0: correct me. I learn. Okay. And then I do this. (laughs) <laughs> and then i've, I've accepted i my almost failure. swore in the microphone <laughs> okay so here's what i here's what i know that i researched today tesla started um by these two dudes one guy named martin eberhard and mark tarpening right and then elon came in they needed some cash that was
1: like oh four or something
0: yeah way back in the day oh three founded 2003 yep. so t- elon came in with some cash and said here's 30 mil
1: yeah, that was about 0- a big falling out. 05 or 06, took some of his yeah. PayPal money. And yep. I think I think he was interested in um, electrical transport anyhow mm-hmm. and did a bit of research on electric cars and heard about this uh, startup called Tesla and uh, came in as like an angel investor and gave them 30 million.
0: And then they kind of, you know, they had beef and then he took over basically is a long story short. Yeah, we're
1: giving you a very long story short. <laughs> very,
0: very cliff note um, thing. Um, and then on June 29th, 2010, Tesla Motors launched its initial public offering on NASDAQ. 13,300,000 shares of common stock were issued to the public at a price of $17 per share. $17. And now it closes at close to $850. Yeah,
1: and and you know, to be fair, they did some other things. I can't remember the time frame, but they, they borrowed from the US government about $450 million. Uh, and some people held that against Tesla because uh, the government also lent, you know, and bailed out basically Chrysler and GM and all these people. But I believe that Tesla is one of the only ones, first of all, the, the earliest one that paid out their loan very quickly. And some of the other companies may not have even paid out their loan. Yeah,
0: they're probably bankrupt since yeah. then. Yeah. Well, so, and then they obviously launched the, the S, then they launched the X, then they launched the three, which according to cleantechnica.com, Tesla M3 now holds more value than any other car After in the a year. It's only been out year. a little over
1: a year, but yeah. I think it only loses. I think their stats said only 5% loss uh, from MSRP after a year.
0: Crazy, and, and you get ten percent loss of MRSRP when you drive off a lot in most more cars. more than that. Frankly, it's more than, more than that. that. It's I more mean, than that.
1: The average depreciation on a car is twenty to thirty percent in the first year. Oh my! Goodness. Uh, but you know, I don't. Let, let's not kid ourselves. I don't think that's going to stay forever. I think it bodes well for Tesla in general. I think it's because of the tech, because of the style, because of everything that Tesla's doing right now. But I also think because of uh, supply, there's very few used. Tesla mm-hmm. Model 3s Very in the hard. market. It's people like me who had the rear-wheel drive for four months, and then the all-wheel drive came out, and then, uh-oh, I want the all-wheel <laughs> drive, and moved my rear-wheel yeah. drive. Yeah. And then the all-wheel drive performance came out, which I took, and I had that for a year in conjunction with a Model X, and I decided after a while that was a little bit extreme. Mm-hmm. So I let that go after a year. So there's lots of people, fortunately for people that want to buy used, that move their cars periodically.
0: Well, I wouldn't say lots, but-
1: well. Sorry, a few. good good point. There, there, there is, there's, a, there's enough that it's caused a market for yeah. them to then do a study and find out that it holds really good resale value. So I think that bodes very well for the marketplace.
0: And then uh, Model Y announced is the poor man's Model X, which is- uh,
1: And I, I don't know if you what saw pre- this. Do you know what
0: the pre-orders for the Model Y, Model y I, I don't
1: work? know. I tried to do some research okay. today. There, there are numbers, no one knows because, you know, the only thing 50, they were- is what I got. Yeah, well, I think it's more than that. I would say 50 to 100,000, no one knows for sure. I mean, they, they were fairly transparent and told us the Model 3 back in the early days and also the model, or sorry, the Cybertruck. Mm
2: -hmm. uh, 250,000 by the way for the
0: Cybertruck.
1: But I don't know if you know this, did you see today that people in the US are now getting delivery emails for the Model Y?
0: Yes, and they're all excited and they're all can't sleep it's Christmas morning.
1: Apparently, it seems from the emails that are flying around and all the information on the internet is that it's the performance all-wheel drive Model Y first and the first date we've seen for delivery, the earliest, it looks to be about March 15th. But typically, they've, Uh, delivered to previous Tesla owners first, that seems to be the case to some extent, but not always. And typically to California first, and that's not always the case. And now apparently there's people who've ordered not that long ago, and there's people on the East Coast. Typically in Canada, our vehicles have been about six months behind the launch in the US. Yep. So my Model uh, S signature was six months behind the first signature delivery uh, in the States. The S- X was the same, about six months behind. And the three was almost exactly the same. And sometimes that's for homologation, which is to meet standards for the government and and uh, the requirements mm-hmm. in the country, uh, but also supply and demand. They're going to sell them where the the biggest market is first, and that's normally California. Do you
0: think the Y is going to be the biggest seller, or the three is going to command the market for the line for the oh, line share of the market for the recent future?
1: Overall, I think the three will still command the sales. It's going to take quite a while. Obviously, it's because it's been on sale for almost two years now. Uh, Model Y, you know, not everybody wants an SUV or a CUV as they call it. It's a little bit more money, but I think there's going to be a, a ton of those delivered. They're all over the place now, as we just discussed. And seen, uh, but it's pretty exciting. I don't think anybody expected to see them in the middle of March. And you know, we'll, what I'm trying to get at is, will it be six months before we see our cars? Is, is it going to be like October? I don't know. My gut says, hold, you know, what's the date today? February 25th. We're actually recording this. Hopefully, it'll be out in a few days. I think we'll see them in Canada earlier than six months. I'm going to stick my neck out and say July. Okay, I'm going to say June. Okay, June and July is when we say model Y. The bed is on, to that. Ready.
0: and you know what the beautiful thing about all this and is as a tesla owner and a fan is that if you think about this car company in the um timeline of car companies this thing is a is a toddler not even it's a baby it's a baby
1: they've only actually been selling cars physically delivering cars since 2008
0: and you think about and you think about what it's accomplished in that amount of time can it all be attributed to elon or are we saying he built the right team Uh,
1: you know I think everybody worships Elon, myself included. He's got his, uh, you know, deficiencies, but he's basically a genius. But I think we have to, you know, you mentioned the names of those people. Those are the guys that back in the day that went out and researched, and they found uh, I forgot the name of the car, but they found another car that they thought they could put electric power into to test it. And they were the ones that sort of garnered the initial interest. And Elon came along with his money and ultimately his genius. But, you know, we talked, uh, in the past about, uh, early adopters and pioneers, and we're going to have one of the early adopters and pioneers on our, on our, podcast here very shortly in, in a couple of minutes, but I would say the lion's share to Elon, but if people hadn't started it up back in the day, he wouldn't have had uh, anything to invest in and, and take it to the next level. So
0: cool. Well, that's just a little history. If you didn't know a lot of tips, let's get into the interview.
1: Okay. Who do we have? So coming up, uh, next we have a gentleman by the name of Jeff Stevenson and, uh, Jeff and I were involved with the club back in day one. We're at the very first meetings that we had put on back in March of 2013 and he's going to talk to us today, uh, primarily about the roadster and, uh, I'm not going to steal his thunder, but he was one of the original roadster owners in uh, Canada. So, uh, without further ado, uh, let's move to the next section of our podcast. So I've got Jeff Stevenson here, as I mentioned, and Jeff uh, and I go way back. We're actually our original uh, members of the Owners Club. Jeff was one of the first members back in uh, probably our first meetings. What did I say? March of 2013. 13, yeah. And... Uh, We're going to talk about Roadster. Jeff uh, had a Roadster for how long, Jeff? Uh, Headed from uh, 2010 to 2016. Awesome. So six years. So we're going to talk mostly about that today because I thought it'd be very interesting for some of you, especially new owners, to learn about what went on back in the day with people getting the very first Tesla was for sale. Uh, But Jeff and I have a very similar background. Uh, We met back then and we both had bought uh, uh, Signature Model S uh p85s and had those for a couple years and Mm -hmm. then when they brought out the all-wheel drive p85d we both pulled the trigger around the same time and watched for our cars uh when they were going to be shipped (laughs) remember that debacle when they had a new uh new seats with wraparound bolsters and whatnot and there was all kinds of problems and we were waiting for our cars and the seats weren't ready and they shipped the cars with the old seats and then they we took it in and we got the new seats retrofitted and that was the day where we found out that there was going to be a heated steering wheel on the car. <laughs> it wasn't really announced. All of a sudden, people noticed. Remember? Yeah, and I we didn't. We didn't know who was going to get the heated steering wheel who wasn't, so did I guys, didn't get did mine, and Jack did. Yeah, yeah, I did.
0: <laughs> who's had, the, who's yeah. had more Teslas? Uh, me. Uh, oh, yeah. you got to be. Well,
2: uh, well t- we're on our, when we get our Model Y, we'll, we'll be on our seventh. Seven. Yeah. yeah,
0: well, yeah I think well, I'm you You're six. not far behind. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm on one of That's okay. Of many. You'll
1: get there. We're also a little bit older than you. There's some gray hair on this side of the room. This is true. This is true so what I thought we'd do is uh, just talk to you, Jeff, and try to find out what went through your mind. You had a 2010. Uh, the Roadster came out in 2008. We were talking before this. It was supposed to come out in 2006, you know, a Tessa time. And back in those days, there were some real uh, challenges getting this uh, whole program off the ground. Uh, many of you may not know, but the... Uh, body and the chassis was based on a Lotus, I think a Lotus Elise, correct? And uh, they were brought over here, and then they married uh, the powertrain, the batteries, and the motors to the cars. There were lots of challenges. So, but Jeff, what went through your mind? How did you hear about Tesla, and what intrigued you enough to sort of ultimately buy a Roadster and, and take that journey? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, we'd gone down to the auto show in February of that year to uh, look for an all-wheel drive vehicle for my son, some sort of entry-level vehicle, and the very first uh, booth inside the uh, uh, the auto show was a Toronto Star, and they had an orange Roadster there, so yeah, because of the look of it, etc., not even knowing when I approached it, really, that it was electric, uh, I decided to uh, go over and speak with the guy a bit and uh, found out a little bit about it and was talking to him about the impracticality of the car mm-hmm. when he convinced me to I said, you really have to go on the website and take a look at the sedan. So when we got home that night- we this is right. This is
1: 2010. 2010. And uh, they just uh, brought the beta version of the S was now out, and we'd we'd seen what it was going to look like No, this is
2: actually prior to that. This is actually uh, February 2010 at the auto show. So there was no beta uh, of the S available uh, to to see. So we were just going off pictures, and at that time, it was a $5,000 deposit. You had to (laughs) wire down to them, uh, took a look at it, and uh, my wife worked and environmental. I uh, just, Monday, I wired it down, got home and said, I've put us on the waiting list for an electric car. Uh, so she thought that was kind of interesting, took a look at it, was fully supportive of it, obviously. After uh, the fact, uh, how after the fact that's, that's how right. I operate after the fact, that's so how Forgiveness, <laughs> not <laughs> yes. permission. So yes. we were the fifth on the waiting list in Canada for the Model S. And, uh... Model? Uh, Roadster. No, no, for the Model S. Oh, okay. Uh, and what happened was, uh, Hans route at the time was the, uh, the only sales rep in the uh, Toronto area. And... Uh, Uh, we thought it'd be really nice to get a ride in a, in a roadster and being that we're model S reservationists, you know, perhaps they'll, they'll take us out. I don't think Hans really (laughs) wanted to take us out uh, because there was myself who had a reservation and three other guys with us who uh, did not, and really probably weren't that keen on it. But anyway, Hans took me out. We rode around a little bit and had a great time and, uh, and said, you know, uh, if you want, you can lease a roadster or buy a roadster uh, and turn it back in when your S is ready. And, and you know, they'll, they'll give you a good deal on it so i started working on my wife uh, probably <laughs> around june of that year uh, and about september the 21st it took me about three months to get her to cave and wow. finally uh got the uh, the order in just prior to a price increase that was coming with it uh wow. so uh from about september the 30th till uh December the 21st, when it arrived, I probably had about five hours of sleep. I was just so excited every night, that's all you could think about. To
0: to all the husbands out there who are trying to convince their wives to let them get a Tesla, what does that sequence look like? What do we start with? How does it work? How do you wear them down?
2: Well, I think uh, I'm lucky because again, my my wife worked in environmental. So I think I was halfway there because originally I thought, well, maybe a Porsche, you know, maybe an older Ferrari, but a friend of mine who uh, fixed cars, talked me out of the Ferrari, said it would cost you more money keeping the thing on the road than it would to buy it. Uh, The Porsche, you know, I love the 911s. I know John, you were into Porsches. Uh, I thought that was probably what it was going to be. And then my wife kind of put her foot down and said, no, we're not doing that. Uh, So it was a lot harder for her to put her foot down down when this vehicle was electric yeah. so uh it, it took some time but it wore down i it, persistence pays off that's all i can well, say well and
1: you had an advantage because you already went through that with the s so you so you, yeah. you put your deposit on the s based on pictures and specs absolutely but you'd, you'd seen the roadster at that point at the auto show i'd seen the roadster right. and then by the time i really started to work on sydney
2: i'd actually had a ride in it uh, right. hands, wouldn't, hands wouldn't let any of us drive but uh he took us out for a ride and i it was just
1: in thro- right. so the electric Sort of commitment had already been made. It was a matter of going for this. How much was it back then?
2: Uh, well, the the, the uh, base model started at 120 Canadian, oh, and the uh, the S. Uh, uh, the uh, I'm trying to think what they called the high version of it. Now it was uh, twenty five thousand more. So uh, that car totaled out of about one hundred and sixty eight thousand. It was. But you
1: had some other. Did you? or you put some things on it after. Uh, the fact. What
2: I did was after the first year when my wife wouldn't see the bill anymore. I added the uh, uh, carbon fiber interior, which is another ten thousand dollars. And so, did you change the top too? I can't remember. Uh, the, I did uh, uh, buy an, uh, from another Tesla Roadster owner a uh, carbon fiber hard top, right. which I put on in the winter time because I drove it all year round yeah, and uh, round. It, it made a significant difference to the warmth of the car having that hard top on right. uh, so it was it was a good investment but uh, uh, I only had that for two years when I drove it in the winter time the rest of the time I was just with the uh,
1: the rollback soft top and going back to our episode one he leased it so yes made it a lot of affordable it was just monthly cash flow. yeah I was again
2: uh, to be an independent business owner it made the lease possible now that did come back to bite me in the end because uh, I had the GVA zero zero five green plate and of course that was registered to the company when i sold the company they would not let me transfer the plate out of the company name so yeah, so, original, so now yeah. that plate sits on my uh, in my garage i can't have it oh, on the car oh, wow. which is a real disappointment so wow. uh, what's yeah.
0: the tech inside of the Roadster look like uh, compared to today's tech?
2: Uh, ancient. Uh, it was great. Like at the time, it was space age. Uh, you look at it now, and that was one of the things that actually did lead me to move the Roadster in favor of the uh, the Model S. I traded it, or uh, basically did a courtesy trade, uh, P90D with Ludicrous. Was the performance of the P90D with Ludicrous was significantly better? I think it was uh, 3.7 uh, seconds zero to uh, 100 in the Roadster. Uh, although the Roadster roadster was certainly much different looking car and attracted a lot more attention that's not really why I had the car uh, I wanted uh, that time the performance and knowing that these these newer cars were going to be blowing by me on the road that was one thing that was in the consideration <laughs> that and the fact that that parts probably were going to start to get a little thin yeah. and not being much of a do-it-yourselfer uh, that wasn't in the cards to hold it long term.
1: So. And, and for those that don't know, uh, I think the total number worldwide was only about 2,500 roadsters were sold yeah. wow. from 08 to 2010, yep. right? 2010 that, was correct. the last yep. year. And was yours a 2.0 or 2.5? Mine was 5? a 2.5. I five I'd, I'd
2: ordered just uh, when they'd come out with the 2.5 release so I got the new That newer.
1: was like updates of whether so they had like 1.5, 2.0 and then 2.5, something like that. Yeah, the, the like 1.5
2: that. had the two-speed transmission that was locked in first because of course the electric motors kept blowing them up the 2.0 had a different front end uh, it had the older style front end and there, it was really just cosmetic changes uh, that between the 2.5 and the 2.0 I think the 5 looked a little nicer a friend of mine in Ottawa Doug George uh, uh, he ordered in June I ordered in September Doug uh, was one of the last production runs of the 2.0 uh, So I remember he, his car he had a red one didn't he had a red yeah. one yeah, he, was, <laughs> he wasn't too happy about that but I think Tesla looked after him in another way
1: did so. you ever hear um, how many Tesla uh, Roadsters were actually sold in Canada? It de- depends on who you ask. Uh,
2: it was somewhere between fifty-five and fifty-three. <laughs> uh, so there were there were not many, and mine was the only Arctic White two-point-five Sport. That's the term I was looking for before yeah. the uh, the Sport. So it had a hand wound uh, motor, as opposed. So it did a little more horsepower than what the regular one had. You ever pass so.
0: another Tesla Roadster while you had yours? Uh, yeah, yeah. You uh,
2: did? In fact, I, I found a, a buddy of mine who I used to play computer baseball with, who worked at at uh, he was employee number nine at Blackberry Onid Sina had an orange one and I'd kind of lost track with Onid for a few years and a, a, a mutual friend of ours said uh, Onid's retired now and he just drives around in his Tesla and I said he well, has got a Tesla so I rang him up and we we met two or three times uh, per year after that at, at different shows and that sort of stuff. Did you off. drag race each other? Uh, no because they didn't want to put him to shame. <laughs> <it> <laughs> <laughs> but I, he, he still might have
1: that car. He does. A, I remember at the barbecue was, two yeah. years ago I think yeah. he was there. Absolutely. And yeah. you know who knows how many there are I I tried to ask somebody at Tesla today; they haven't answered me yet. How many are left in Canada? But um, there's there's probably a good. Twenty or thirty of those left. I, I those would think uh, items now, right? you,
2: you couldn't. Uh, they, they basically, yeah, you couldn't uh, import them until 2013, when uh, Canada, uh, the the governing body, finally gave them a number where you could bring them in. Right. Uh, for, for the longest time, people were trying to bring them in from the U.S. and of course they weren't allowed to. Right. Uh, there's a chap in Montreal. I think he had to pay about three three thousand up and above to Canadianize it, uh, wow. so that uh, Transport Canada would allow it to run. But uh, uh, yeah, how there are how many there are now? I, I have no idea.
0: What's the range on the Roadster?
2: Well, it, that was one of the things that that made it very easy to drive. It was uh, a full range charge at 100. percent was 385 kilometers, really? which is which yeah. is years ago. Excellent, yeah. 53 to 55 kilowatt uh, hour battery. Uh, some of it was used up for uh, systems, so it didn't have the full amount for uh, for drive. But the
1: car is so much lighter than uh, right. exactly. Uh, yeah, it was 2,700 an a, pounds, and it yeah. was
2: uh, 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 the roughly a thousand pounds. So right. you didn't have much other to go. So that you know, I didn't get a lot of of the early uh, stage range anxiety because i could travel from where we lived to my folks cottage didn't have to stop anywhere to to charge not that there would have been many places to stop back then anyway but uh it, you, you had a nice level of comfort with it so oh, i mean
0: that segues into the question like back in the day when when did the supercharging network even happen in canada
2: well, it didn't. Uh, it didn't matter because Roadster could not supercharge. Uh, oh. So you were you were uh, high level two is is basically all you could do. Uh, the first uh, superchargers boy, well, they Johnny, were
1: announced just after we ordered our SIGs or got our SIGs. Mm-hmm. So I was telling on the last podcast that the first six months we had our cars, we didn't even know there was going to be a supercharger yeah, network. Right. So it was sometime I want to say. Later in 2012 that they announced them, I think, and they probably didn't start to show up until 13. I don't know when they showed up in Canada, but we talked about how for many, many months and a year or two, everybody was complaining, when are we going to get more supercharges? Yeah. And then a bunch of them popped up in places we didn't even expect. So, yeah, uh, yeah. No, very no question. cool. But, uh, um, so tell us... Some of the good and the bad about the roads here, trials and tribulations. Remember, you know the little um, Tranmere had a Tranmere Road had a tiny little Tesla service facility that many of us used even in the early days of the uh, uh, Model S. You know, had a three three or four bay. Um, shop and some great guys back oh, in the day, Eli and nice. people yeah. like that to yeah. uh, help us all out. But tell us about, uh, servicing the car, uh, some of your road trips and your uh, challenges really? charging and whatnot. Well, servicing the
2: car was great because, uh, you know, being down in Niagara, uh, you know, I'd always schedule my appointments for a Friday afternoon. So <laughs> I'd say, okay, I'm going in to get the car service, which really wasn't that often. Uh, but it was a nice drive to take out and, and get out of the office and, uh, uh, do a bit of early weekend cheating on it. Uh, there were times when there were two or three other roadsters in there and, uh, you had to leave yours out front, and of course they would do the same thing back then. You would uh, they would get you a courtesy trade, so that uh, that was good. Really, wasn't a heck of a lot that went wrong on it. One of the the probably the most common things that I was up for was it had a uh, hatch release in the rear, uh, one on each side, and sometimes they get out of sync, so one would fire and the other one wouldn't, and of course you couldn't get the uh, the just back get hatch of the open. engine bay. Or no, just no this the is, storage the, this bay. is in the storage okay. by, but, okay. which also was the engine bay. Remember, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so if you were uh, uh, so you, you learned a few tricks on that you if one hitch was working funny you'd just lean on the other one and hold it down so it would it would still fire but it wouldn't come flying up and and bind the other one from opening up but there were minor little things really uh, outside of uh, probably uh, uh, Boy, I can't even think of anything major. The only major thing happened when I was out on the East Coast uh, with the Amazing Race when the uh, the inverter blew up. And uh, well, Let's back up. <laughs> Tell us about the Amazing
1: Race first, and then we'll get into that.
2: Well, the Amazing Race was put on by Sun Country Highway, and it was, uh, it was started when they uh, uh, had their Level 2 charging network literally all across Canada. Uh, so they decided to have this contest where they would have people drive across Canada. You would get points for stopping at these charge stations, the more points you got, obviously the better you did uh, and it, it ended at summerside pei well I, you I, drove from here to there i, I did uh, i did i took about three or four days and drove around ontario because it was still by far the most number of charge stations were here and then planned out a route to uh to drive out uh, uh east go around gas bay etc uh, and end up in summerside
1: and these were typically 50 and maybe 80 amp uh, you back were then, lucky right? if you
2: found some of them were eighties, which was great. But there were there were forties. I can remember pulling into Mirror Machine uh, in the wee hours of the morning, probably four o'clock, just dead tired. Uh, got out, plugged in, went back in the car and fell asleep because I slept in the car.
0: All <laughs> and and the you can't watch Netflix while no, you charge. Them. No, 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 no the How is many kilometers, kilometers anyway. an hour would
2: you be getting
1: on a forty amp oh, in your road trip? Uh,
2: I can't even think. Probably uh, in the thirties. I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't even remember. It's that long ago. Thirty kilometers but, an hour. Uh, yeah, of charge. yeah an hour charge. I was. That I oh. was there for a long time, but it was it was chilly. So I went back in the car and went to sleep. And of course, the interior of the car all fogged up. Well, I, I woke up probably around 7.38 and the charge station was actually right beside the town hall, which was not, it was an, it was a, an old house at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I started using my hand on the window and clearing the screen, looked out and there was about 40 people
1: outside <laughs> looking and trying to figure out. Yeah, what's I this car outside with all the windows fogged <laughs> up doing in our parking lot?
0: <laughs> I'm having a look at this, at the picture of the Arctic White Tesla Roadster. To, and to this day, it's still sexier than most cars on the road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a great looking Amazing. Car. yeah, yeah. The,
2: the other down, one of the other big downsides of it was was the original Tesla time and not meaning from when Tesla says they're going to have something ready yeah. to when they deliver. But when you go down to the supermarket to get a uh, loaf of bread and a uh, and some milk and that sort of stuff. And you come back two and a half hours later and your wife gives you grief and says, where they <laughs> eat were you? And right. it's well, I eventually had to take Cindy out a couple times shopping in it and uh, just to show her that this this is what happened and there was you, you did she drive it ever uh she she drove it uh twice once on the uh, uh the test drive uh it had some really severe blind spots okay and of course she's even shorter than i am so <laughs> she did not enjoy driving she loved driving in the car but did not like driving it which mm-hmm. was fine with me yeah, because i'm a lousy passenger i would much rather be the driver of the car <laughs> so i did uh, the majority of the driving. so when
1: you think about it, when when Jeff talking about Tesla time and as you said, not Tesla time waiting for things, but Tesla time that you had to spend answering questions about your car. Right. What is it? Yep. And, you know, even though it was based in a lotus and, you know, if you didn't know much you can't really tell a difference yep. between a Lotus Elise and a Roadster but a Lotus Elise were very rare regardless oh, mm-hmm. right. and then when they hear the thing moving with no engine sound yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know just unbelievable I'm uh, sure the questions uh, you used to get. I've got a
2: good story about that I was getting the car uh, looked at in the parking lot by one of the Rangers Mark Lidstone and back then they had a huge trailer an enclosed trailer that said Tesla on the side of it that they would pull around with their pickup truck to uh, service the Roadsters in the field so uh, Mark's putting an update he's got his computer out it's attached to the car he's putting it and the, the Tesla trailer's parked right beside my car and this lady comes uh, walking by, going to the bank, looks at the car and says, nice Lotus.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you
2: the, the Tesla on the, on the, the uh, trailer wow. was probably, you know, three feet tall and it still was yeah. nice Lotus. But again,
1: you know, we need to think about, I remember when I got and probably the same as you with your Model S, it, w- it was like a show car back then. Yeah. Nobody, what is this concept car? Nobody had seen yeah. the car, Tesla, what's a Tesla? So imagine two years prior to that, more, the average person, unless you were a total car fanatic, had no idea what Tesla yeah. was, no idea where it was made, let alone that they had this little sports car, and, and you know yeah. didn't know anything about the concept of the company. So yeah.
2: I think as the as Tesla goes on with their their newer models, I'm sure the surprise factor uh, and the cachet factor for the three was far less than the X. The X probably would have been about the same as the S, which would have been about the same as the Roadster. Right. As we get into more vehicles out there uh, that look more normal for, for Tesla when the Y is out and a few others. I guess it'll change with the Cybertruck, but it, it's a good thing, I think, that we don't get asked as many questions because right. that means more people know about but them. But
1: Cybertruck, yeah. yeah, I can imagine. The first one's on the road and, and also um, Roadster. Yeah. you know, We're going to see some of those oh, in, yeah. in another yeah. year or two. So uh, tell us a little bit more about that trip.
2: Well, it, it, so with the trip, uh, somehow that year, it had ended up that my wife had used up all her vacation and I still had two or three weeks left. So uh, Stephen Bidou from, I see uh, from Sun Country was, was see riding me and said, look, there's not very many people uh, doing this because it, it's it's fairly difficult to do. Why don't you do it? So I thought about it for a couple of days and thought, yes, yeah, this is going to be great. I, I'm going to enjoy doing this. So I did it on my own, uh, planted uh, out the roots, uh, got was, all the way was around. this? is 2013. This 13, was, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, September. So there were a few chilly nights in Quebec, and and a few, a couple of white knuckle stretches between Riviere de Loup and uh, and uh, uh, Fredericton, Moncton, etc. Uh, you, as a backup, looked and saw where the uh, uh, campgrounds were, and you know kept the yellow pages handy to see if a you welder. needed a welding shop. Because <laughs> no. that, the one thing I always had a big basket of adapters, and I still to this day have them. That the ones I had for my mod last when we sold those, I've, I've hung on to those just. Tell in me case. why you need a welder. Uh, well, welding plug and EMA 650, we used those when we were driving around in Newfoundland with our Model S. We had two welding shops. We charged that, and the people couldn't have been nicer to help you out. It's but a, if it's you didn't a, have that, it's a different Special plug. electrical
1: system oh, using for arc welders yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so you can get a 50 amp charge. What would have charge? happened
0: if you did, back in the day, run out, like you have to find a house to let you plug in for like basically you would have to do that i i and did have two one, kilometers an hour yeah or i
2: did have one time when i was going from guelph back up to the cottage near concardon where uh my sister had had an emergency with her car so i ran them down to guelph didn't charge up and i had a, ended up with about 135 kilometers to go and i had 110 in the battery so i basically put the windows up turned uh, everything off the men and were passing me when there were <laughs> some buggies i was doing about 40 kilometers but i got home with Maybe. 15 on the good side that was actually a great learning experience of uh seeing how what effect it had on your range by simply slowing down yeah. now you couldn't have done yeah. that on the on the four-lane highways but on uh two-lane highway going up north it was not that big a deal
0: <laughs> If feel like you pull up to someone's <laughs> house do you mind if i stay here for uh, three days yeah, yeah. basically <laughs> yeah well
2: the, you know we but when we when i used to drive to the cottage we at the at the time we only had the 15 amp so you uh, would plug in on friday and by the time you were ready to go home on sunday at a end of a typical weekend you were fully charged that's
1: so, cool yeah. very cool So, I mean, really, the reason we had uh, Jeff on the show is we talk about pioneers. And, you know, there was pioneers back in 08, Mm -hmm. you know, down in the States. I'm sure there was a few people in Canada, 08, 09. But, you know, here's one of the pioneers for Tesla and electric cars. And I think it's important that, you know, you heard some of the stories. And as Josh has said before, not to sort of sound uh, glib or anything, but um, if it wasn't for people taking the roadster, then the Model Mm -hmm. S and ultimately the Model X, the Model 3 and the Model Y and all these other vehicles wouldn't exist. So leap of faith, winging a a prayer that we did this. Again, when you're talking about pioneers, uh, Jeff mentioned Sun Country Highway, who put a network right across Canada of level two chargers. So tell us a little bit about, I think it was Kent, right? The the owner of that company?
2: Yeah, uh, um, Kent was a really interesting guy. I don't know uh, really how his business model worked, but what Kent was able to do was uh, find hosts all across Canada, myself included, my business to hang one uh, charger off the back whether with whatever power you could spare to go out to it i only had a 40 amp behind my office it was an older building that's all it that would work uh and then put them on this great interactive map for the time so you could uh literally uh go on the on your computer take a look uh find the location see what kind of charge station was it wasn't as fancy as plug share where you could tell if someone was already using it but at least you knew it was there mm-hmm. did run into a, a, a tough situation uh, and a bit of a learning experience again in New Brunswick where uh, I was kind of relying on a charge station late at night uh, only to discover that it was inside the uh, bay of one of oh, the dealerships, no. which <laughs> is where I learned pretty quickly that when you had other dealers talking about uh, or other manufacturers talking about putting charge stations in dealerships, you know, unless that is just not going to work unless mm-hmm. uh, you the public has access to them 24-7, yeah. but that stuff happens. But but Kent's, uh, Kent was really a uh, uh, driving force and getting that charge network all across Canada. And And pretty interesting, he actually
1: branded the Chargers with his own name, Sun Country Highway, right in the Chargers, Clipper Creeks that he branded. And- did he not provide the charger? Yeah. For yeah, free. Who's so, this guy? Yeah.
0: I want to meet this Ken, guy. Ken yeah.
1: Rothwell. Uh, again, if you hear this, or yeah, reach out to us, but he'd probably be somebody good to get on our podcast, yeah. but he was original pioneer trying to help with the charging network across Canada. Uh, he would convince, as Jeff said, people uh, with business owners and, and motels and restaurants to put these chargers in. And at the time, there was hardly any electric cars that existed. Roadster. Was yep. leaf even out. Uh, then? The, the leaf was leaf out. Was the Model
2: was S-, S was out because there was right. a Model S in that, but it, 12s, was, it was yeah. still very new. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there there were not many. Uh, uh, it was it was pretty thin.
0: But now you can go across Canada on v3 am i yeah. right
1: yeah well v, v3 from ontario west and I, I don't know if they have v3s uh, uh very 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 much from sort of ontario east but um i don't want to deviate too much here but we are going to have a meeting next week and i mentioned this in our first podcast with uh, the uh, head of the supercharging team for canada is going to be uh, at our meeting and uh you know, the timing's not going to work. This podcast will probably come out before we can talk about that. But he had mentioned to me today that you're going to see V3 ultimately is the only thing they're going to be doing right yeah, across that Canada. Yeah, makes sense. So, and then V4 in the it, next, what, five but, years? But again, yeah. think think about that. So 20, 30, <laughs> 40 amp chargers back in the day that only got you. Yep. It's coincidentally the 20, 30, 40 kilometers per hour sure. of charge. Which is what we basically get in our garages right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now... V threes. I saw somebody post the other day something like 1,600 kilometers yep. an hour on a Model 3. Mm-hmm. We'll get more into this down the road. Model 3 has a different uh, charging system that it can accept much higher power and get a much faster charge than an S or an X. But just just unbelievable. Well, there's yeah. an
0: interesting segue. So you've got a Roadster, and then you went with an S. <laughs> and then what was that? Another S. S. And then you got another S. Then you had an X, I imagine?
1: Uh, no, never had you the
0: never X. You never had the no, X? No.
2: Yeah.
0: Does it irk you a little bit that guys like me who pull up into a uh, three finally I get all the bells and whistles and everything you never got getting into it
2: does it irk you a little bit no not at all I mean it, it's a victory uh, it's it's a victory because uh, any I don't care what EV you buy just buy an EV and get yeah. it on the road uh, it's a good and, and you know we shouldn't feel that you know people who've bought a new S shouldn't look down their nose at the three the three is a tremendous car we we don't have any S's anymore we have threes I like the size much better yeah. I wish I had a few more of the toys that were on the S but but uh, that's not stopping me from comfortably driving my performance three. However, I want to drive it. Yeah, I feel cool. the exact
1: same way, except that Jeff is very similar to me. We do like the latest and greatest. <laughs> you
0: guys, and I mean your wife. We need to get your wives on these podcasts. I need to talk to your wives. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I want to
1: bring your wives and be like. Excuse. My wife didn't even know what I paid for my first Model S. Same to this day. We, she does now. Okay. So I'll tell you a real quick story. So I had my car maybe a month or two. Uh, When I was getting the car, I think back then if you got a very base, because remember they came up with 40s and 60 uh, um, Model Ss, they were like 60 or 70 grand, maybe 80 in Canada. So I think she in the back of her head heard 80. Well, my first signature P85 was 114, no. 117, I think. Uh, Yeah, yeah, something like that. Because we could buy our chargers, the HPWCs with the car, which is really cool because then you had the four-year warranty with it. But we, we were out in the car and we pulled in to look to this furniture store, a Mennonite furniture store or something. And I pull in and we were just finishing a little power bar or something I was eating and I see this guy driving up the highway behind me and do a U-turn and come barreling in beside me he was driving a 7 Series BMW when I said to my wife this guy's pulling in because he recognizes this car remember back then most people had no idea what it was signature red beautiful color we both loved And he he was courteous and waited till I finished my snack. <laughs> then he came over and rapped in the window. And he says, "I can't believe that these cars are on sale now. You actually, it, this the, they're they're delivering them." I said, "Yeah." He says, "That's unbelievable. This is like hundred grand, isn't it?" <laughs> You're my wife right, looks at like, me like no it's more like 50 <laughs> um yeah, yeah around there yeah, around, give the or take 50
0: right yeah, 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 i think sorry. the more surprising part of that story is that a bmw owner was uh nice
2: <laughs> <laughs> i got pulled over by the police in the roadster uh very early on i was taking my daughter into uh, oakville i was on the qe near burlington and the police pulled us over and i uh, came in behind us put the lights on and i said my daughter was kind of upset and i said don't worry we didn't do anything wrong he pulls us over comes up to me us and he says do you mind if i take a picture of your car uh we haven't seen any green plates yet so he came out took a couple pictures of the car said thanks very much on your way that's nice and uh, yeah i mean that was a
1: that was the well uh, and remember what job said earlier what was the plate number zero zero five so gvaa zero zero five the fifth green plate plate in canada wow Mm -hmm. so yeah we're talking to a pioneer here, Jeff Stevenson. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Any other interesting stories you want to share with us before uh, we uh, move on? A,
0: before that, I have a question. Yeah. From, a, from, you guys from the are, newbie. You, know, you guys are from the newbie. Question <laughs> from the newbie. You guys are, you've been in Tesla since like basically inception. What do you think the future of Tesla is?
2: Uh, I think their future is less as of a car company and more of uh, energy storage and and solar. I think that's eventually going to dwarf uh, things. I don't know if anything ever gets merged with uh, uh, with SpaceX, but just looking at it from a consumer end, um, I think the potential for the the solar roofs and the and the power walls and the uh, power packs, even uh, size batteries for home, is is going to be where the future is. But um, I just hope that we we still have Elon
1: for uh, yeah. you know at least We're another ten years or so yeah. because. Yeah so rich it'll probably live forever Yeah, like he, it's getting to that there. point well, where, well and okay. i'd have to agree because i mentioned again last podcast that it's become more of a technology company than a car company but i also think that remember a lot of people don't think this is going to happen but there's very little that elon and tesla sort of promise that hasn't happened it's maybe true. it takes a bit longer yeah. true. but he's talking about full self-driving and there's going to be an app where you make your car available sort of like a turo so i put up Yep. A couple of button clicks on my phone. Now my car is available. Somebody out in Scarborough wants to drive my car. They click the app and the car drives itself to that person and picks them up and they can decide if they actually want to drive it hands on or not. I actually think, I don't know the time frame, but I think that's going to happen. 10 years. And you're going to see more and more of these type of things. I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a company out there called Canoo, C-A-N-O-O. And it's a real funky looking car. You can't tell the front from the back. It's just like a, like a. Uh, almost like a little micro bus with Windows all around it, that same thing. They want them to be uh, a subscription model and uh, ride share and all that type of thing. And when you think about some of the latest news, where the amount of uh, calculations and the sophistication of this new Hardware 3 computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the somebody just did a teardown on that car did you see this No. and the uh, Japanese engineer said that the other companies are five and six years behind yeah. with the technology that Tesla has in their hardware three uh, computer which is basically for autopilot
0: and they're going to stay that way because Tesla's mm. going to keep going leaps and bounds because for whatever reason and maybe it's because they pay their guys well, but they have the, some of the best engineers, um, UX designers and everything. you've I even like, I love UX. I love iPhones. I love things like t- buttons and tech and things like that. And for a fledgling car company to have those types of people on staff is actually unheard of.
1: Well, and they, they, they started at the, at the right pace, you know, whether they went from you know, autopilot one to autopilot two to autopilot three, they upgraded the computers. Uh, like it, and someone said today, I was listening to another podcast and they said it's, so that's the computer, but the big advantage is probably the software, Mm -hmm. the capability of the software and the sophistication and the fact that all our cars talk to the so-called mothership. (laughs) So all of the, uh, you know, the neural net and everything that that happens when we're on autopilot or even not on autopilot, that can send back to the mothership to, to help uh, refine autopilot and uh, that type of thing. I am scared of that
0: though a little bit. There's a camera in my cab. I wonder if Elon's (laughs) watching me pick my nose or whatever,
1: you know, I don't know. There's a camera looking at me at all times. Elon's just looking, hmm, look at these 150,000 owners all at the same time. I think think this it's guy dealing. there's a staff of people just checking out cameras
0: i'm sorry oh well. if you call me picking my nose <laughs>
1: that's okay
0: here's a, here, a, another not really a question but like a i don't know i'm just gonna say it like as the cars that you keep driving you're upgrading you're upgrading when yeah. you full when you finally got into a full, a full self-driving car when the first one that you got into that actually started driving itself how did you feel
2: uh it was it took a leap of faith you be honest with you the first time i had it in my car didn't use it. The first time I was in a vehicle mm-hmm. that was actually being driven was when in your Model X when we were going down to Toronto to see uh, hockey a hockey hobby, game. Yeah, I think yeah. It was, yeah. and uh, I tell you, you're you're talking away and your hands are going all over the place. <laughs> I'm hanging on to the door handle, <laughs> like, it, well, it's slowing down <laughs> into traffic, yeah. but it, it took a good yeah. hour to to for that leap. There's no question to leap of faith, and it'll be another huge leap of faith when you don't have to keep your when hands you go fully autonomous, on the, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so oh, yeah, uh, you
1: but, sit but in the vaccine in theory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but watch just Netflix all the way there. Just
2: like you know, learning to drive uh, with the one pedal it's it's not an insurmountable task for most people and once you get used to it I think it's, it'll probably be very enjoyable
1: cool well I mean I have uh, many uh, friends and relatives that we take my car to go to a hockey game or a baseball game or something downtown and af- after a while they just get used to it now you know Jeff's exaggerating a little bit. My hands aren't going all over the place, but a little, a little bit. I believe him. And and now, frankly, I don't know if you've noticed this or yourself. Do you have autopilot in your car? I do have not full self, but you, autopilot. You, yeah, Right. Is that um, the nag seems even more... Uh, often like I think I timed it yeah, I thought it was 45 seconds No. it seems to be 30 seconds now
0: I'm gonna time it on my way home for, a, for yeah. a whole week just to see if it actually does fluctuate depending on I think it changes depending if you've passed a truck if you're coming up to a turn if it's like I, I thought it, it changed
1: based on mm. if you're highway driving or stop and go it's like stop and go is fabulous you know mm. yeah but um
0: it does I do uh, I think I, you're right
1: but I've got a, a brand new. By the way, again from my last podcast, I physically picked up my new. Um, we're leaving a little bit here, but my new Model X. You know, it's got autopilot three. It's got the. It's a Raven. Uh, but I. It seems to be less. I haven't noticed any difference whether it be a stop and go. Uh, it's only about thirty seconds. And by the way, I will say this: I had a sixteen signature, so one of the very first Model uh, X's. Huge difference in four years. Smoother, quieter. Uh, the new Raven suspension is unbelievable um you know the seats even the the controls you know to to move your transmission lever and your and your turn signal are are smoother and more precise uh, amazing changes for you for this podcast maybe maybe <laughs> i it's just want to nice if it's to <laughs> me. the same
0: what's the difference between full self drive do i have what's the 3 have
1: we well have two? you no you have traffic aware cruise control i yeah. think you, if, unless you paid the extra big bucks i did not and you keep on talking about how you're cheap so, Ten grand—that's not okay. g- cheap. That's okay. Gs, that's man. okay. So you don't have autopilot. No, it's you have capability. You could turn it on if you wanted to spend the nine grand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But you have um, traffic-aware cruise control. I yes. believe where it will uh, follow the car in front of you. Uh, it'll slow down and and stop yep. and yep. even and, yep. and move and it's from amazing. a stop. It just won't change lanes. Even it won't that's do the amazing. Full by the way. self like, uh, parking like and all uh, that uh, stuff. Yeah. Unreal. That yeah. even
0: like on a lower level, I call it a poor man's Tesla. John hates it, but it's <laughs> what it is. I don't hate it? It's real. And you still get all the good stuff.
2: Uh, no, when exactly. we, we picked up our, our first two Model Threes uh, the first week of June last year, uh, we didn't order FSD on okay. on either of them. Now we did add it to my wife's car because she really missed the traffic aware cruise control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just had the regular cruise, and uh, she missed that to the point when uh, they put it on sale. I think for about five thousand or yeah. so, uh,
1: we we broke down and did the, it. The challenge it. is though the you know there's there's people. Who don't even have traffic aware cruise control, like you said, and they won't ever get it unless they spend the full grand or the full nine grand. I mean, to get full self driving. Now, when you get a three or a Model Y, it comes with traffic aware cruise control standard. So there's so many different iterations out there. You know, it's it's pretty. And that's why
0: you get the the the, we go back to leasing option. Maybe that's that's why with the Tesla, it's probably the better option because in four years, you're getting you're getting new tech, new bells and whistles, new everything. That's probably why we are back
1: to leasing again. But yeah, yeah. no, excellent. Um, so that's about it. Uh, Jeff, I really want, uh, want to thank you very much for coming on. No, you're very um, welcome. you know, I, hopefully everybody saw, uh, some, uh, some benefit of having someone like Jeff and an early pioneer in roadster days. And if you don't know much about it, uh, you can elaborate on Jeff's stories by looking on the internet it's all there Uh, you can see Jeff and his roadster on the internet you can learn about the history of the roadster on the internet Uh, all the things we're talking about are all there but uh, again thank you very much and uh, uh, also thank you very much for being part of the club since day one my pleasure thank you John last
0: question for Jeff are you going to get the new roadster when it comes out Uh,
2: no Uh, if the Canadian dollar comes back to par I might think about (laughs) it but the thought of of losing $60,000 to exchange no that would keep me up
1: I I think it's (laughs) is it 300 I think ours yeah, is yeah, yeah. 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 What, yeah. yeah, but, but that's, based
2: on,
0: a 1, but but that's yeah. based on the starting price yeah. of two point one, that's based on
1: the starting price of two thousand
2: two hundred thousand US. Yeah. So uh, you get a founders, that's, I think that's two hundred sixty thousand Canadian. Yeah. yeah, that's so. so yeah. The answer is no. No, the answer is I'll let somebody else be the pioneer in that one, and they'll let you drive it.
1: Though I think. Thanks a lot. Okay, thank you.
0: Okay. So I'm the newbie and uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You and Jaff are badasses. You guys are cool
2: <laughs> old dudes.
1: Okay. Can I uh, say that? Is that age? Cool old dudes. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyhow, I appreciate it. But uh, what I liked about this podcast and it's very new, we're very early at this and Josh approached me to do this is the contrast between kid and call a newbie, but there's lots of so-called newbies. There's nothing yep. wrong yep. with being a newbie. Um, and I think we want to get into that more down the road. What caused you and other people to take the leap of faith, maybe who didn't even, haven't even heard of Tesla three or four or five years ago, mm-hmm. to ultimately get, ultimately get a Model 3. Um, so, And compared to someone like Jaff, who we just heard from, and someone like myself and many of the other people that had S and X and whatnot. But uh, that's what we want to do to sort of bring something new to the podcast world. And um, Yeah.
0: I'm really, cool. I'm glad we had him on. That's a good history lesson about, I'm sure he has way more stories. I'm sure oh, yeah. he's got, Tons and, you know, of stories. I like, my favorite question was as a, as a previous owner, where do you see the future going? And that's really cool to hear because you know, this guy's been a fanboy for since 2008 yep. or whatever it and, is. And you
1: know what I'll say, uh, Jeff and I know each other fairly well, but I was surprised that I thought he was of an EV advocate before he decided to buy an electric car. But he wasn't. He was his like wife me. Was. <laughs> well, but yeah, his wife was somewhat involved in, in sustainability and, and whatnot, but he was like me, he was a car nut. And uh, you know, I, I've been a Porsche guy and a BMW and all that in the past. And everybody's come to Tesla in their own way, shape or form. Whether you were a car nut, whether you were an EV uh, in tender, whether you already had an EV like a leaf, mm-hmm. whether you were into climate change and green, whether you want to save money on gas, all the reasons doesn't really matter. Ultimately we've ended up with a Tesla and some of the other advantages that you find out over time is that what makes the experience lots of fun and really great.
0: Yeah. Today was a great episode. Um, so John, where can they find us online?
1: You can find us uh, on Facebook. We're gonna post it in the uh, Tesla Owners Ontario Facebook group. We email this to all our members. Uh, so again, consider being a member of the club. There's lots of other advantages. You can find it on our website. Uh, you listen to it in the car? Listen to it in the car. Yes, exactly. Just just type in Tesla Owners Club Ontario, it'll come up. And uh, our website is Tesla Owners uh, on... You don't know the name of your website? That's it's, it's I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Tesla Owners Club. Dot ca. <laughs> Holy! This Test guy, needs, this guy needs a snickers dot ca. right yes, away. Right, uh, dot ca and, and we're on Instagram and Twitter under Test Owners Ontario.
0: And again, you can check us out at any platform you get your podcast. But here,
1: I made my wife I listen gotta, to the I, podcast the other day, and she started off with like, "Oh God, here we go again." Yeah. But she actually said, uh, "I said, you want, I'll turn it off now after ten minutes. No, I want to hear it. There you it's go. Good. Way to go. That's, a, she that's, that's it. She liked it. That's a supportive wife. Yeah. I like her. Say, say right. goodbye. See you next time."
0: All right, so John's just seen one of our guests out, and I found this little cool belly thing at John's house. I'm just going to use it and play you guys some tunes. Hope you like it.